Welcome to Eye on the Illini. This is Illini guy Mike Kegley, and I am so excited. We finally get to do a football preview show. That is the ultimate thing. Uh, we're so tired of uh, uh, not having games to report on. It's been a lot of fun with realignment, but boy, is it going to be great with actually good old-fashioned football on the gridiron. And of course, before we know it, we'll be into basketball season. But tonight we have Kyle Rowland, who will be uh, talking to us a little bit about Toledo. He is a reporter for both uh, college sports and golf for the Toledo Blade, and he is going to get us up to speed on what Illinois is facing when they look across the field and see the same Toledo team that upset Brett Bielema in Arkansas in 2015. So Illini fans, this is a little bit of a scary one. It will be very interesting to hear what Mr. Roland has to say. But first, we have a few commercials. So if you can hold on, we'll be right back in a minute. Make sure that if you're a fan of Eye on the Illini, you go to IlliniGuys.com. That's who powers the Eye on the Illini. For $99 a year, you will get all the information, all the sports, all the recruiting, and you'll have access to our message boards. That's where anything that can't really be substantiated or sources are not willing to go on the record, we can put them back there. If you want to know what's going on behind the scenes, IlliniGuys.com is the best place to be, $99 a year. And, oh, by the way, on Friday night, September 1st, 7 o'clock, Guido's Bar and Grill in downtown Champaign, the Illini Guys will have our third annual pregame party, $20 We'll get you in. You get uh, you get a beer. You get a little bit of food, and you can meet the Illini guys. Of course, that's not it. There's also going to be a lot of Illini legends there. I don't know who's going to stop by. Last year, we had people like College Hall of Famer David Williams, Craig Swope. We also had D Brown. We had guys like Kenny Battle. There, Marcus Griffin, there were loud arguments on would the 89 team beat the 2001 team? Would the 2001 team beat the 2005 team? I mean, there was a lot of fantastic debates. Of course, there were also uh, a ton of other players there. I just wanted to go with a few of them. If you want to have some fun, meet the Illini guys and maybe meet a few Illini legends, Guido's Bar and Grill, 7 p.m. Friday night, September 1st. If you're not in town Friday night, please go ahead and meet us at our tailgate, Grange Grove, on Saturday the 2nd. We'll be there roughly 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Get ready for the game. Meet the Illini guys. We'll also have Adalia McKenzie. We'll have some of the women's basketball team there to sign and talk to people, take pictures, and we might even get some visits from various coaches as they are walking around and enjoying the tailgates themselves. We've had some, uh, we had some trips last year, you know, Shauna Green was there. We never know who's going to stop by and say, hi, it gives you an opportunity to, to meet some of uh, the Illini coaches and players that you love to cheer on so much. So with that, we will get you right back to our show. And as promised, we are back from that commercial break. And I am in uh, very lucky today uh, as we talk about 
the Toledo uh, threat that, that they per, they put in front of the Fighting Illini, the MAC champions, and we have from the Toledo Blade, the college sports reporter and golf writer Kyle Rowland. Uh, Kyle, thanks for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Uh, happy to come on, Mike. Fun uh, time of year to talk about college football again. Oh, you know, isn't it great? After I, I enjoy the um, hot stove league of the transfer portal, and and I get into realignment way too much to be sane. But it's <laughs> nice to actually be talking about games again. No, I, I totally agree, and I, I I mean I love the summer, love hanging out with my family and stuff, but there's just a rhythm to life uh, w- with football season and definitely love everything that that comes with college football even though sometimes it does you know make me want to go crazy <laughs> well you you know Illini fans are looking at this year coming off of an eight win season um they look at this year with a feeling of optimism and dread because it's it's not very often that Illinois has two winning seasons in a row um, you have to go back to the Ron Zook era of a couple seven and sixes. And then before that, you have to go all the way back to um, John Makovic to get two, win- two, two years in a row of, of a winning record. So they are waiting for the, the, the you know, for the floor to fall out from underneath yep. them. Uh, a little bit like Indiana Jones, you know, like, like is there going to be a boulder running down at us? Um, and I don't think that when Josh Whitman originally scheduled this season, I'm not certain that he thought Toledo would be the Mac champs or Kansas would be coming off of a bowl season. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. So there, so this is, this is a, this is a game that is really a, a kind of a threat for uh, the fighting Illini. Now, uh, you know, coming off of that, that Mac championship last year, um, I looked at films of Dequan Finn and this, this guy's a threat. He's your, he's your true guy who can run and pass. Tell us yeah. a little bit about him and what makes him so special. Yeah. I mean, he, he's really good. There's no doubt. Um, and he's played well in big games. I mean, the score was not pretty last year when Toledo played Ohio state, it was 70 to 21. Um, but he made some really big time plays in that game. Uh, had a wonderful first half. Uh, and, I mean, he kind of went nuts on – I used to cover Ohio State and Michigan, so I'm right. still very active in, in their Twitter space. And, I mean, people on Twitter during the first half of that game were like, oh, my gosh, can can Daquan Fenn transfer to Ohio State? Because everyone kind of knew C.J. Stroud was going to leave after the year. Like, we need a quarterback next year. Well, um, I don't know if he's quite that good. I mean, I, he's a very talented player. He's a great group of five quarterback. Um, as you mentioned, I mean, he's he's a true dual threat. And, and he is really good with his legs. Um, he was Mr. Football in the state of Michigan uh, as a high school senior. Led his team to a state championship. Um, and, and he was basically a runner in high school. I mean, he's just one of those guys who – Great athlete, just let him have the ball every snap and let him do his thing. Um, Toledo, his first few years in college, really refined his throwing motion, and he still kind of has a kind of a weird motion, I would say. Um, but he's vastly improved. Uh, his first year as a starter two years ago, he only threw two interceptions, which was very impressive for a guy 
who wasn't a top flight passer coming out of high school and that was, you know, seen live college offenses for the first time, whether it's the Mac or whatever, it's still difficult to, I don't know, not make mistakes as a quarterback. Last year, I think he maybe wasn't as sharp, and I think he got greedy at times and thought maybe he was a little better than he was, I think, through 11 interceptions, something like that. Um, so that's something that definitely has to improve this year. Um, but he's, I mean, MAC championship game, he had some huge runs against Ohio. Uh, he bailed Toledo out some in the bowl game against Liberty. He just seems to make plays when they need him. And, and even with his arm, I mean, he's like 58, 59% passer. But like if they need a big 40 yard completion, more often than not, it seems like he can kind of make the play. I think he's like a, a natural-born leader, a natural-born winner, because he, he did it all of high school as well, um, and just one of those guys that has the knack for those plays. What uh, Anybody you could compare his arm to, you know, uh, you've been covering for a while. Is there anybody that you remind, or is it you know kind of his own creature? I mean – I don't know. He his arm almost reminds me of like Terrell Pryor. Okay. I mean, he has had like kind of a weird. I don't know. I mean, I, I think you could kind of say he's a a poor man's Pryor, or maybe not even a poor man's Pryor. Maybe he's as because because I, I don't know if he that was back when I was in college. I actually went to Ohio State. Um, I, I mean, I don't know if Pryor completely ever lived up to the hype. Um, so I think I, I think you could say. Finn is kind of his level. Um, and then in terms of how, how is the offensive line, Illinois boasts a pretty good front seven and particularly yeah. a very really good, good front seven. Yeah. <laughs> and and they've got a, uh, they've got three guys in particular, you know, with Newton Randolph and um, Gabe Yakis that, that really the guy who gets single covered is going to be a handful. Yeah, I think this is where the game it could get away from Toledo, maybe. Um, I mean, Illinois' D-line is just so good. They've got the guy. It, it'll look like, you know, a Big Ten Mac mismatch at times. I mean, Toledo will get creative, I'm sure, and and kind of find ways to, to I don't know, whether it's rolling Finn out or whatever. They'll, they'll figure something out so they don't get dominated. But um, – Toledo's line has been maligned the last probably three years. It's clearly been a weak spot. Um, it, it seemed like the line coach could, you know, could have been on the hot seat last year, um, especially going into the MAC title game because there was a little bit of uncertainty around Jason Candle, but it ended so well for Toledo and the line. Man, they played phenomenal against Ohio in the MAC title game. I mean, Toledo in the fourth quarter just ran it at will and basically ran it out down the th Ohio's throat. And it was in moments where they knew they were going to run and they could not stop them. Uh, it happened again against Liberty uh, in the bowl game. So it was kind of one of those things like, huh, you know, maybe the Lions figured it out. I mean, you, you don't truly know, though, until you play real teams. It's, I, I think it's really hard to decipher anything in practice especially because I'm not a coach. So I don't, I can't break it down obviously near as well as they do, but I, I don't know. It's just hard in practice in my opinion. Um, but they bring back 
you know, four starters on that line. They get back a guy who missed all of last season, who's kind of was the heart and soul of their their line, Tyler Long. He was an all-MAC guy the year before. And they brought in a transfer from Rutgers. I'm going to butcher his name, so bear with me. David Wagugu, I think is how you pronounce it. Okay. So anyway, he was awesome in the spring. He just absolutely looks the part. He looks like a Big Ten guy that maybe, you know, struggled at that level, but at the MAC is probably going to flourish. The coaches have – you know, spoken very highly of him in fall camp as well. Uh, so I think he's going to be kind of a, a a guy they'll run behind a tackle and that will he'll he'll uh, protect Daquan Finn. You know, open up holes on the outside. Um, but I, I think it will be an improved line in the MAC. I think it's going to be by far the toughest matchup in this game on Saturday. Yeah, and and you know that that. Um still having four returning starters and a fifth, you know, all conference guy returning certainly is something that, that, you know, has to give them some confidence, Um, you know, in the backfield, they've got Stewart and Boone coming back. Um, How is that as a one, two punch from the running back position? I I think it's pretty good. Um, Stewart's really, really solid guy. I mean, a, a good, you know, Mac running back, super fast, uh, he was a state track champion in Florida, and obviously we all know about speed in yeah. Florida. Yeah. Um, he actually was like on a U.S. like uh, like teen track team or under whatever track team. So so he's really fast. Um, he has some ball security issues, and that it's an issue at any position. It's a really big issue of running back. Um, so he's he's certainly got to improve that. But I mean, he's not necessarily like a bell cow, you know, thousand yard rusher, get it all the time. I mean, they have a pretty solid by committee with Penny Boone. I mean, Penny Boone was actually Daquan Finn's running back in high school. They went to the same high school. They're best friends. He went to Maryland, didn't do a whole lot at Maryland, transferred to Toledo last year. He was a little out of shape last year. He's a, he's a bowling ball type of guy. I mean, almost, almost like a, fast fullback in a way. Um, but he's slimmed down considerably. He's, he's matured. Um, at times last year he was, I don't know, maybe angry about playing time and didn't have the best attitude that seems to have changed. He seems to have turned a corner. Um, so he'll be solid. Micah Kelly. I mean, they're, they're fairly deep at running back. Micah Kelly is probably the third guy there. He is from Mississippi, um, had a pretty solid first couple of years. He's a faster, smaller guy, kind of a scat back type of guy. He struggled last year. You know, they're hoping to get more out of him this year. They have a true freshman running back, Connor Wallenzak, who I think is incredibly underrated and is going to be very dangerous. I don't know if he will be immediately. But I, I feel like they're going to try to find ways to get him on the field. He was actually a baseball recruit uh, to Purdue. And then just like a lot of these baseball players decide is they love football more. Or, you know, football maybe is a better professional career. I don't know if this guy's going to be a pro or anything. Um, but he football was his love. So he decided he's going to stay home, go to Toledo. He's from this area. 
Um, he's just a really smart kid. So I think they're deep at that position. Um, but I mean, Stewart's one, a Boone, maybe one B is how I would okay. say the hierarchy is. Yeah. So having, having those two guys back certainly helps. And, and then when you're looking, um, that wide receiver, a couple of guys coming back in, um, Newton and Maddox. Now, um, Illinois has three out of the four DBs are, are, you know, inexperienced in fairness though. You know, I was around to watch Kirby Joseph who had been buried in the, in the wide receiver, um, room come out and, and become a all big 10 player, you know, in his first year. We're like, why wasn't he here forever? So we, we don't know what, uh, what rabbits Brett Bielman might pull out of his hat, but uh, how do these these two wide receivers compare with a relatively inexperienced uh, Illini defensive backfield? Yeah, and this is kind of in line with the running backs. I mean, Toledo returns basically everything at the skill positions, so that's certainly a benefit, especially when you're going to have a third-year starter at quarterback. Um, I mean, I, I think their wide receivers are, are pretty good. Juwan Newton is a brother of, of Johnny Newton. That'll be a, a storyline Saturday, I'm sure. They'll, yep. they'll probably only mention it on TV like 150 times. Um, and, and that's in but, the pre <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, I mean, he's he's a really good good player. I mean, all-Mac caliber guy. Uh, I mean, somewhat undersized, but he's very fast. And he's – kind of an explosive guy he catches a lot of long passes um he's probably the number one threat at wide receiver uh Devin Maddox it, it, no, I mean I think he's similar caliber type of player uh to Newton um he's a pretty good store I mean he's a former walk-on and he basically walked right in got a scholarship and has been good from the get-go and impactful uh, for Toledo. Uh, Junior Vandeross is another guy. He hasn't really played a whole lot, um, but he's he, he maybe is like the next Toledo receiver that's going to have you know a breakout year if anyone's going to that's under the radar. Um, I mean, they've got other guys, you know, Larry Stevens, Eric Holly. I mean, some of these guys haven't played a lot. They've got great bodies. They they look good in practice. Um, but it's obviously different in a game. Uh, but th- this is the spot where I think Toledo can maybe take advantage. And if I were Toledo, I mean, early in the game, I would I would certainly challenge these Illinois DBs. Um, I mean, they went to Big Ten, a Big Ten school, so I'm sure they're they're solid or whatever. But I mean, they're inexperienced. It's the first game. Toledo's got you know ex- experience at a wide receiver and quarterback. I, you, you got to try to exploit it and do something if you're Toledo. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a spot where Toledo could have an upper hand, but you just, yeah, I don't, I think it's hard to know what Illinois has at, at cornerback. And, and trust me, Illinois does not have practices that are very open. So <laughs> very few of uh, the Illinois reporters have had a chance to see much. So it's a little bit of a, of a revealing to even the sports media as well at this first game. Uh, How do you expect this Toledo team to deal with uh, a hyped up Illinois crowd on the first week of a season when, you know, everybody's undefeated, everybody's, you know, everybody's team's going to be in the championship. 
are they going to deal with that big stadium um, or do they have enough ex- experience with the big, you know, playing at Ohio state that Illinois will be kind of ho-hum? Yeah. I mean, they have experience with it, but I don't, I don't think Illinois will be ho-hum. I mean, I think this will be a good crowd and everyone's going to be into it. It's going to be the opener. Um, I mean, obviously at Ohio state, they got clobbered. Um, they played well for a, a half or a quarter or whatever. Um, they lost at San Diego state last year. They lost it. Western Michigan last year, the year before they lost a lot of road games. So, I mean, they haven't been great on the road. Um, they should have beat Notre Dame, you know, a few years ago at Notre Dame. Um, so, and a lot of these guys were on that team. So they do have that experience. Um, and Toledo just plays well in these games. I know obviously they're, different players or whatever, but I think there's just like a program. I don't know. Like if you go to Toledo, I mean, it's obviously one of the better Mac schools and I mean, they've been good for, I don't know, 30 years, essentially consistently. Um, So I I think players that go there have, you know, a mentality of we're going to win or, or, and then they, they do win in, in college or whatever. So they're certainly not going to lay down against Illinois. Um, I think they'll be confident. I don't think they're going in thinking they're going to lose or anything like that. Um, but, I mean, in 2000, they beat Penn State. You know, 2011, they beat Michigan. They beat Colorado in the early 2000s. And, and those were, you know, down years for those programs. But they still won the games. Uh, they should have beat Notre Dame a few years ago. They should have beat Ohio State back to about 10 years ago. Uh, they beat Arkansas, coached by Brett Bielema in 2015, yes. uh, which you, I almost think that's a disadvantage for Toledo because they're going to absolutely have Brett Bielema's attention. Uh, m- maybe <laughs> maybe players will be like, "Yeah, whatever, coach, it's Toledo, and, and they'll overlook them, but certainly the coaching staff won't. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they typically play fairly well uh, in these games. A few years ago, they – played a, a great game at Miami. They were actually winning, I think, late in the third quarter uh, at Miami. So I, I see no reason why it won't be a four-quarter game. I don't necessarily think Toledo will win. Um, but I'd be surprised if it was over, you know, early in the third quarter. And I think that'd probably be a bad sign for Toledo, quite frankly. Yeah, um, and Illini fans are getting more and more of a tense feeling as you're as you're describing <laughs> these upsets. And uh, you know, Brett Bielema has went out of his way to refer to this team as the MAC champs, and and really has has done everything I think he can to make sure that his team understands that that this is a test. And of course, with Kansas on the road next week, Penn State the week after yeah. um, the 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 test questions don't get easy. Um, When you flip over to, before we flip over to the defensive side of the ball, how's the special teams play for Toledo? Well, it was awful last year. I mean, like worse in the country. (laughs) Um, I think they were 129 out of 130. But the big but is all those people are gone. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jason Candle went out. Actually, I wrote a big story on it. I mean, maybe listeners would, would find it somewhat interesting just on like the evolution of special teams and how important coaches think it is now and the emphasis they put on it, whatever. Um, he hired Stanton Weber, who was the special teams coordinator at South Carolina. And he was previously at Kansas state. 
Um, but Pete Limbo, kind of a legendary special teams guy, is at South Carolina. They had by far the best special teams in the country last year. I mean, completely almost changed the trajectory of that program with just the wins they got via special teams last year. Um, so they bring him in as a special teams coordinator. They have a new punter, a new kicker. Um, returners are the same, but the return game wasn't, wasn't the huge problem last year. Luke Pollock is the place kicker. He actually filled in for the kicker last year at Eastern Michigan and made, I forget the distance, 40, 41 yards, something like that. Huge kick uh, in the second half that was part of Toledo winning that game and winning the division and eventually winning the MAC. Um, so I think they feel good, you know, better about their the place kicking. Emilio Duran is the punter. He's a true freshman, and he was a big recruit. Um, he got offered by a lot of big schools or and, and other bigger schools sniffed around. He's from Ottawa Hills, which is essentially touches the Toledo campus. Um, so he stayed home. He's going to Toledo. Seems like kind of a coup that Toledo was able to get him. Um, and I've always said, like, kickers and punters are the hardest, whether it's high school to college, college to the NFL, they are, like, the hardest positions to project. Like, I just – I don't know. I, as crazy as, like, quarterback is to college in the NFL, I mean, I almost think kickers more unpredictable. You just – have no idea how they're going to handle the pressure and, and all sorts of stuff. So, I mean, we'll see. Um, they're really confident in this coach they hired. Um, I mean, Eve, I, I did a big conversation with Phil Steele and, and Bill Conley of ESPN a few weeks ago because they're both really high on Toledo. Mm -hmm. um, and they both commented about the special teams. Like, like even if their special teams just went from the worst in the country to 70th in the country, it would probably win them another game or two because it, it would just be such a leap. Um, so we'll see. I mean, if it if it comes down to a, a kick at the end, uh, Toledo fans will definitely be nervous. Yeah, well, so will Illini fans. Um, <laughs> but I'll tell you, you know, that's that you know, investing in the in the special teams play is 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 the way to go. Um, and and like you said, you you add two teams to this this or two wins to this team. Now they're up to 11 wins. You know, they're looking at going to a, a, a bigger bowl. And I have heard uh, in a couple different articles are, are saying, you know, the Illinois game, uh, if they win that, they could literally run the, run the schedule and, um, you know, end up in a, in a very, very lucrative bowl come new year's day. So, yeah, I mean, there's considerable excitement around Toledo right now. I mean, number one, just the way last season ended, um, they bring so much talent back, but I mean, they have a manageable schedule or a, a dream schedule. If you want to be the group of five representative, um, I mean, clearly like Tulane and UTSA, I think are probably a, a step above them and certainly more, more so nationally right now. Um, but I mean, you play a big 10 team that you can actually beat instead of Ohio state or Michigan. Where, right. I mean, you got no chance of winning. Um, they play San Jose state. Is, is another non-conference game, which is one of those where it's like, eh, like they're like a perennial bowl team and, and they play decent against USC. So maybe you get some marks for that. And then like you can obviously go undefeated in the Mac, uh, not saying any of that's going to happen, but 
I mean, it's it's certainly plausible, especially if you beat Illinois, because I mean they're going to be the best team on the schedule. Right, right. Um, and now, so as we go on to the other side of the ball, seems like the defense lost quite a few in the front seven, but their secondary is extremely strong. So um, led by Quinion Mitchell, so it's almost like the mirror image of uh, the the reverse of Illinois on defense. How does that defensive backfield look when you go through their their starters? Yeah, I mean, really good. <laughs> really, really good. I mean, Quinion Mitchell was an All-American last year. Second second and third team All-American on like four or five different teams. I mean, he's he's legit. Really, really good. Um, I mean, he got uh, – obviously, we're in this new era. I mean, he, he turned down six-figure offers, uh, NIL offers, to, to – go to some power programs, Max and hook another guy uh, in the backfield is just tough as nails ball Hawk. I mean, just gritty. Um, he turned down some bigger schools could have transferred uh, Chris McDonald, another cornerback really solid. I mean, I, I think that's a, a really you know, good spot for them to be in, especially because everyone throws the ball now. So, I mean, you, you got to be able to to stop the pass or at least contain the pass uh, in this modern, you right. know, pass-happy offenses. Um, I'll be fascinated to see how much Illinois challenges Mitchell. I mean, you assume he's against Isaiah Williams. I mean, that's – Yep. I mean, Illinois is probably going to try to make sure he's not or whatever, but – I think that'll be a really fun matchup to watch. Um, and I mean, that, that, that's, that, that's, I don't, I don't necessarily know if uh, Toledo has an advantage, you know, Illinois wide receiver versus Toledo secondary, but at worst, I think it's even for Toledo. Yeah. I think, I think um, some of it may come to how Malik Elzey plays. We've heard good things about him in practice. Um, coach McDonald, uh, for the wide receivers. And he, he is not one to play younger guys that often, but we're hearing good things from him. So I think Illini fans are cautiously optimistic. Um, the Illinois wide receivers have been rather, um, they have not been a stellar crew from recruiting standpoint. They played okay last year and we'll see if they can elevate the game a little bit this year. Um, obviously where Brett Bielma's teams make their bread and butter is by having his hosses run over your hosses. And then, you know, you've got, uh, love and McCray in the backfield. Um, and, and, um, that, you know, you, you sit back and you're like, you know, how he wants to control the tempo. How is that front seven going to go up against Illinois offensive line, which is, very good. And, yeah. uh, you know, a, a backfield that may not be, there's no chase Brown back there, but by committee, they're going to try to equal a chase Brown. Yeah. I mean, that's another area. I mean, I, I don't know if you remember the Toledo Notre Dame game two years ago, but yes, it was very just, dis- I'm mean, not it- a Notre Dame fan. So I was really, really pushing <laughs> for Toledo that day. Yeah. I mean, it, it was honestly stunning, you know, being in Notre Dame Stadium and watching this and just seeing Toledo's defensive line just bully Notre Dame. 
I mean, it, you would have assumed they switched jerseys or whatever. And then last year, Toledo had another, you know, really good D line. And that is, it's not going to be the same unit this year. I mean, it's, I mean, they lost uh, Deswan Johnson, got drafted, Jamal Hines, gone, um, uh, Nate Jivhan, gone. I mean, just really disruptive guys that had just boatloads of tackles for loss and sacks the past two seasons. Um, I, I mean, I think Hines and, and Johnson alone combined for like 30 sacks the last two years. Um, and I mean, it's, it's going to be an issue. Uh, it, it's not, it's a weakness you don't necessarily want to have against a Brett Bielema coach team, um, especially a Brett Bielema coach team that has a good offensive line. Right. Um, so, I mean, Darius Alexander will be a starter this year. I thought he was pretty solid last year. He flashed at times. He, he seems like the one who, if there's going to be like the next, you know, Deswan Johnson or whatever, I think he's a guy it could be. Um, Judge Culpepper is a Penn State transfer. He's been at Toledo a couple years now. I mean, he, he plugged in immediately and was just a, a very solid uh, Mac player. Um, if you go back to linebacker, Dallas Gantt, Ohio State transfer. He was one of the leading tacklers in the country last year. I mean, I, I think he's a, a very capable, very good, smart football player. Uh, and, and that's another thing, too. Like, guys like Culpepper and, and Gantt have on the team, like, they're not going to get lost in the moment. And, I mean, they played for Big Ten schools. So I think, you know, little things like that maybe help Toledo. Um, but they, they're, they're certainly green um, in, in part of that uh, front seven. I think that's – I think it's a concern. I, I don't think it's like a, a panic concern. I mean, I think Toledo's defensive line will probably play better than Toledo's offensive line on Saturday. So you've kind of given us the, the, the looks at everything. Um, give me an idea of what you think is going to happen if you had to predict, you know, a winner and do you have a, a score in mind? Yeah. I mean, I expect a pretty good game, um, you know, from the outset, if I, I think it could potentially get away from Toledo, I don't think necessarily like getting clobbered, um, but I mean, like three touchdowns is possible, but no, nothing, you know, straight up embarrassing like the Ohio State game last year. Um, but I, I mean, I expect pretty close throughout the game. I, I wouldn't be surprised at some point in the second half if it's like, oh, wow, like Toledo might actually win this game. Um, but I don't know. I just I think the D line of Illinois is just too good. I think the O line as the game goes on, I think that's where. I think they'll be able to wear down Toledo. I think there'll be some depth things where a Big Ten school and that's on the rise too. I mean, this is not Illinois of Lovey Smith era. I mean, yeah. this is. I mean, Bielema's a good coach. Like, I mean, no doubt about it. Um, I think he's found his like niche at Illinois. I think it's a perfect fit to go on a, a side. <laughs> but anyway, um, I mean. 31 to 20 is kind of what I think Illinois. Um, but I, I think it'll be good, but the depth and, and stuff like that just will show uh, as the fourth quarter goes along. Okay, perfect. Well, I tell you what, um, 
Thanks so much, uh, Kyle Rowland from the Toledo Blade, giving us kind of a, a little bit of an idea of what Illinois is to expect. You don't you don't assume for an upset, but there are pathways that if Illinois doesn't play to their potential, they could be very disappointed at the end of game one uh, later Saturday night. We're, um, as Illini fans, we are conditioned um, with eight winning seasons since 1991. We are conditioned to be very nervous. Um, <laughs> it's not like when I was growing up from 81 to 91, the Illini had eight winning seasons. Little did I know in 1991, that as a relatively young man out of college, that the next 30 plus years would be so crazy and that we would be so thankful to have Brett Bielma show up as coach. One last comment. Um, I want to ask you about your aside. What in your mind makes Brett Bielema a good match for this Illini program? I mean, number one, I think, well, I mean, I, I guess the, the elephant in the room or whatever is that the pig tin's about to get a whole heck of a lot harder. Yes. I um, mean, it's already, it's already difficult, but I mean, when you're adding these PAC 12 schools, it makes it more difficult. Um, and, and the, the division is, is obviously going to hurt all those teams in the West. It's kind of a killer for them. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, I view, I'm a big 10 guy. I mean, I'm born and raised in Ohio, went to Ohio state, covered Ohio state and Michigan. So, I mean, it's, it's yep. in my blood. I mean, I've, always thought Illinois is a sleeping giant. They have just so vastly underachieved. Um, and a lot of it just comes down to like poor coaching hires. I mean, typically Bingo. when teams, yeah, I mean, typically when teams aren't good, I mean, it's because they, they made a bad hire. I mean, like Ohio state people think that they're completely recession proof. And it's like, no, like all you have to do is hire a bad coach. Like look at Alabama, look at USC, like all these great, look at Florida. I mean, it, all these programs go through bad times. Ohio State just got lucky and and had good coaches. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. I just think Illinois is kind of like how is it any different than Wisconsin? I mean, it's not. It's actually a better recruiting base than Wisconsin. Exactly, much bigger um, population. Yeah. I mean, yes, when he took over Wisconsin, it, it had you know had those Barry Alvarez years, and and they they were they were good again or whatever, but. I just I think his his methods on offense can work well at Illinois. Um, I I think he's just a good coach. I mean I I don't know. It's I'm not giving the greatest answer here, but I just think his whole mentality. It's I think it fits with Illinois. It's a fits with culture. Um, there's just certain guys that that work in certain locales, if that makes sense. Yep. I mean, just totally like, understand that. He, like he was a Wisconsin football coach. And now I think he is an Illinois football coach. Yeah. I think here, here's the question. And since you have an Ohio state background, I'm going to ask you this. If you put Ryan day in champagne and you put Brett Bielema in Columbus, would Ohio state be any better and would Illinois be any better? Yeah, that's that's a great question. I mean, I almost think that Ohio State would – yeah, I mean, I, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that Bielema would be better suited for that or have more success. I mean, yes, part of it, it's Ohio State, but 
I mean, first of all, Ryan Day's offense, it would be pretty hard to run in cold, windswept Champaign, Illinois. Exactly. Um, And, yeah, so that – I mean, that's why I think Bielema is such a great fit there. Um, It's also another aside. I've been to Illinois a thousand times, and, I mean, I've always just – it's always been this gray – gloomy place like when i see the weather forecast and it's going to be like 90 and sunny saturday i do not believe it i don't think it's possible for it to be that way in champagne but uh i'm certainly looking forward to it perfect perfect well that that is great to hear uh we look forward to maybe seeing you live there at the game uh and thank you so much for uh coming on tonight to talk with us absolutely are you looking to grow your business do that with the alana guys radio network by broadcasting on the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. We have over 20 stations, including stations in Chicago, St. Louis, Champaign, Decatur, Springfield, Bloomington, the Quad Cities, Rockford, Peoria, Marion, Quincy, and Jacksonville, amongst others. You can reach over 11 million people in the state of Illinois by partnering with us. Send me an email, mike at IlliniGuys.com, and let's find a way that we can build your business together. And thank you so much, Kyle Rowland, for coming. Again, if you like to read his articles, you can tell he really understands the sport. Go to the Toledo Blade. That's where he's published. He does golf uh, and college sports. And you can tell he really is good at what he does. And of course, we've got the game coming up this Saturday. A lot of things going on beforehand. Please come out and support the Illini. Come out and support the Illini guys. And if you're listening to me from somewhere too far away to get back to Champaign all the time, remember IlliniGuys.com. Whether you're from Champaign or Chicago, halfway across the country or halfway across the world, IlliniGuys.com keeps you in the know. Thanks for listening and go Illini.